Everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the Still Real Toast Show, episode number six hundred and one for August nineteenth, twenty twenty one. This is your WWE SummerSlam and NXT Takeover thirty six preview and predictions edition of SRTU. I'm one half of the show. I am Jeff Peck, joined every single week by my co-host, the one only Dr. Trey Franklin. Dr. Trey, what is up, my friend? Every single week, 99.5% of the time I'm here. But, uh, no, I'm just really excited to be back in the saddle. Uh, you can hear this excitement in my voice. Like, I'm, I'm thoroughly stoked for wrestling coming up this weekend. Like, I, this is going to be one of the most fun weekends we've had in a long time. If, if rumors hold true and everything plays out the way it does, should be a really fun time over the next, uh, 96 hours i guess yeah yeah this is uh this is pretty wild weekend kicking off on on friday with rampage um obviously saturday with SummerSlam, sunday with nxt takeover 36 monday's raw all that good stuff so there's a lot of wrestling going on it feels like it every week but uh this is a pretty exciting weekend um for those that tuned into last week's show the 600th episode thank you for downloading it you heard dr trey on that episode which you did not hear two weeks ago uh, spoiler alert, pull back the curtain. We actually recorded that before Dr. Trey's surgery. So this is the first time Dr. Trey and I have spoken since he was out uh, two weeks ago. Dr. Trey, for the folks at home, those that were worried about you, tell us how you're doing, my friend. So I'm doing a lot better. Uh, I, I apologize for not for not being a part of the show a couple weeks ago. Uh, and that was a little bit of misinformation on uh, my doctor's part. I did not know I was going to go through anesthesia. Uh, for my surgery, I thought I'd be awake for my surgery, and then the combination of the anesthesia, the 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 painkiller they put me on, um, a little bit of the uh, the edible variety <laughs> that's uh, technically illegal in my state, but I got some anyway um, to wipe out the pain. I was in such agony and misery from my surgery afterwards. Like when it came time to record the show, I was basically incoherent. Like I really, I told Jeff later on, I don't really remember anything post-surgery until Friday morning. I really don't remember any of it. Um, I tried to go to work and worked for a little while. Then I was like, yeah, I can't do it. So I ended up missing Saturday too. So, uh, But no, the progress was going good. I've actually got pretty much full range mobility in my left hand again now. Still really sore, still really tender. Uh, the middle finger, if you follow 
along on Snapchat and Facebook, uh, I have a splint on my middle finger on my left hand where they inserted a steel pin uh, all the way in past the first knuckle to get it straightened out. Um, but currently right now I'm doing pretty good uh, in, in a really good place. And, and other than just being sore and achy, uh, the hand is doing really, really well. Yeah, we. What's funny about that is, um, so we recorded the 600th episode before episode number 599 two weeks ago, and I remember saying to you at the end, I was like, after we recorded, I was like, "Are you sure, man? You're gonna be able to to like do a podcast that night of a surgery?" And like you assured me, but I was going into it. I, there's been plenty of times where you've been really tough and and you, you you go through it and everything like that. But I was like, I just can't see this happening. And I remember texting you during the day, like just seeing how you were doing, and you you didn't respond. I'm like, oh, this is this is not good. He's he's out. He is out like a light. There's no way he's going to sit down and want to talk about professional wrestling for the week with me. No, and the, and the crazy thing was, so uh, like I said, like I've had friends that have had this carpal tunnel surgery, like mine, but the doctor told me late, like when he actually got in to look at it, he goes. Yeah, your tendons and ligaments in your hand were way worse than we actually thought. And then adding in running the steel pin into my finger, uh, that's why they decided to put me under anesthesia. Um, but even then, I'm like, okay, yeah, I mean, I sh- it, it's, it's a one-day procedure. I think I was in surgery for about an hour and a half, so, like, I fully expected to be fine. Um, <laughs> just coming out of it, like, I, can't, I got home, my wife's like, here, take this, here, take this, go rest, and then I'll wake you up at, you know, 6 o'clock your time, and we'll see where you're at. And when she came back to me, I'm like, I literally had no idea where I was. I was trying to text you, and I'm like, if I go on the air, we this show may start talking about wrestling, but we may go down a, a rabbit hole that I have no idea where I'm going to end up at with this. <laughs> like, it might be safer for everybody. Like, you may ask me about CM Punk, and I'll start talking about rabbits and ducks and uh, who knows what else? And this, they would spiral out of control. So I was like, it might be safer to let yeah. Jeff run this for a week. And I'd be like, yeah, okay, what does this have to do with Bray Wyatt getting released out to Trey? Well, you know, the cookies. It's like, what? Yeah. What are you talking about, man? And that's the one thing I wanted to hear from you because we haven't spoken about it since it happened. And I figured let's, let's talk about it now um, uh, together. I talked about it on the show two weeks ago. But Bray Wyatt released from WWE, like you were – like the biggest Bray Wyatt fan I know of. I mean, that, that to me, people heard what I had to say two weeks ago was like crazy. Your thoughts, man, Bray Wyatt no longer under contract with the world of entertainment. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw people like saying there's budget cuts and to me there, there's way more to the story and I'm sure at some point we'll get to it, but I mean, we'll get the full true story out of it. But to me, like it, it's not a budget thing because Bray Wyatt is like not even really working a full-time schedule is one of the biggest merchandise sellers in the company. Um, so it's not like you're losing money on a contract with a guy like Bray Wyatt. To me, this there's something deeper going on here. To me, this seems more like a mental health issue. Him needing a break from wrestling. You know, we've heard about you know how I mean, we, we all know how close he was with Luke Harper and how that's really affected him. Um, it, it, it's just. You know, and then but you know, and there's got to be some frustration on his part as well with the creative for the fiend character, and you know, maybe this is his chance to kind of get out of you know everything, figure out where he wants to go. This life. I mean, not only was he released, but I, I mean, they didn't release all this, but JoJo was released as well. You know, mm-hmm. maybe a, 
to earlier. So this to me is just kind of like, hey, let me focus on my family. I mean, obviously on the heels of, of you know, uh, you know, Brody Lee's passing, it kind of puts family back in a different kind of focus and framework for a lot of for a lot of workers, a lot of wrestlers. This to me is kind of like, hey, I need a break from all of this. Uh, if you need to make it a release for and, and frame it however you want to, that's fine. Um, it, to me, like this, there's a much deeper story than just you know it's a budget cut move. You don't cut a guy like Bray Wyatt on a budget type move when you're making as much money as they were off the theme character. Yeah, it was uh, obviously a very shocking move as we discussed here two weeks ago. Now we're getting Dr. Trey's thoughts. A bonehead move by WWE, in my opinion, and. Um, AEW Impact Wrestling is going to have a very special talent on their hands in, in a couple months. I would assume that's where Bray Wyatt ends up, All Elite Wrestling. And uh, it's going to be a big weekend for AEW, big weekend for WWE. We'll get into all that stuff right now. Um, you know, the Bray Wyatt stuff was a huge head scratcher. And uh, the the first topic I want to bring up here on this week's edition of the show is a major head scratcher as well, Dr. Trey. As according to reports, there are major changes reportedly in the works for WWE NXT. There's been a lot of internal talk about significant changes being planned for the NXT brand as of late, according to PW Insider. Changes being discussed include a new NXT logo, new lighting and look, a different format to the weekly TV show, and a focus on the younger talents. On the latest edition of Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer reported that these NXT cuts are part of a larger change in philosophy for NXT. He noted that Bruce Pritchard and John Laurinaitis were also behind the NXT cuts, along with Vince McMahon. Triple H and Shawn Michaels were not behind the cuts. These were the cuts that included Bronson Reed, and Mercedes Martinez. NXT lost the Wednesday Night War to AEW. Now the goal is to go to return to the older style of developmental, bigger guys, and younger guys. The change would be similar to the original format of NXT back when Curtis Axel debuted in 2010. Meltzer noted that there are divisive opinions on wrestling among the key people in WWE, and they are all fighting for McMahon's ear. This is the current direction that has been decided upon, but things can always change. Meltzer also reported the exact wording of the new changes for NXT. Quote, no more midgets, no one starts. Starting in their 30s, they want people that can be box office attractions and main characters. Dr. Trey, if this report, according to Wrestling Inc., PW Insider, and Wrestling Observer Radio, is true, in fact true, this is scary shit, man. I mean, I love NXT. I'll be the first one to admit, I think NXT is taking a step back as of late. And I don't know. I was thinking to myself, I was like, is this because of the whole AEW NXT stuff? Or is it because the crowd, the energy from the crowd's kind of been lost and that special feeling has been lost because they're not in front of full sale anymore, which was a really special place to watch wrestling both inside full sale, being there multiple times, and also on your television. I don't know what it is. NXT's flat, but I don't want to see it to go back to the days of what wasn't my cup of tea of wrestling. That 2014 to, let's say, 2019 era of NXT on the WWE Network was some of the best professional wrestling that took place on television each and every week. I don't want to see major changes happening to WWE NXT, Dr. Trey. What are your thoughts here on this story? Do you agree with the move that changes should be made to NXT? Do you feel like it's flat? Do you think it needs some tinkering? Or do you think it's perfectly fine? How do you take the direction of the black and yellow brand? See, I, I, I do. It, it, it does depend on the philosophy of where WWE wants to go. Like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't just but a couple years ago that NXT was looked as a third and equal brand. You know, you go back to the Survivor Series of that year, when NXT won Survivor Series over Raw and SmackDown. Um, if you're looking at it as an equal brand, then then this whole tinkering process is completely ridiculous. 
But if you're looking at it as we need to develop stars that fit what we're putting on Fox and USA on the main shows, then, yeah, maybe there should be some tinkering involved. I don't think you should basically redo and revamp excuse me, everything. But if the whole purpose of NXT is to develop stars for SmackDown and Raw, then, yeah, to me, I think you would need to make some changes because what you're doing with NXT currently and then bring him to the main roster hasn't really worked because they're getting lost in translation going from what they're doing with NXT to then when they did big on the main roster. Look at, you know, I mean, how many stars have we talked about? Like they dropped the ball with, whether it was Andrade, Alistair Black, going all the way back to, you know, the, the uh, Connor and Victor with the Ascension and yep. how dominant they Finn Balor, you can make a case for. Shinsuke? I mean, some of those guys, you can say they're upper mid-card guys. You know, Shinsuke, Finn. But, you know, when you look at, just look at the people they've released that were champions in NXT that people were, you know, you know highly you know, stoked about. Even this new change with, with Bronson Reed. I mean, this is a guy who just has your North American champion. He's not a midget, and he's not in his 30s. Like, this is a big guy. Like, I don't really understand where they're going unless they're looking at it now as we need to develop top stars. We need to develop main event guys that fit what we want in WWE to be going forward. If that's the case, you know, Pritchard's never been a bit, I mean, you know, top, or uh, excuse me, uh, Bruce Pritchard's never been a fan of little guys. Uh, Vince never been a big fan of guys. You know, John Lord, I not a big fan of little guys. Hunter and Sean, do like the smaller, more athletic guys. Well, so especially Sean. A- I mean, Sean is the yeah. little guy, right? He was kind of a small, smaller guy when he first got to WWE, and then he grew over time physically to become, you know, what he became later on. So there is a philosophy difference in what do you want a WWE superstar to be, and if Vince has the final word and he wants bigger, younger guys that's going to be the way it has to go. It's just one of those things where like, it's just a, a, a philosophy design of is NXT a third brand that you're competing with other shows with, or is NXT a developmental? And, and we've heard conflicting answers over the last five years as to what that brand really is. And maybe this is just their way of saying, Nope, NXT is going to be our developmental. And then they can make the excuse of as to why they lost to AEW. Well, that's our developmental program. That's our minor league. It's not an equal brand. AEW didn't beat an equal brand. They beat our minor leagues. And that, that could be the, their excuse to investors as to why they lost that war. See, and I think that I, I get your perspective there. And I know you're just talking from the mouth of WWE, but that's why it's such BS, right? I mean, it wasn't too long ago that WWE pushed NXT as the winners of Survivor Series. The reason yeah. why NXT was so popular, why they sold out Brooklyn for so many times in TakeOver was because it was like the best kept secret in WWE. I always felt like, Dr. Trey, you felt like, too, that NXT was the wrestling we wanted to see. I mean, there's some really, and now the farther we get away from it, some golden era stuff in the last decade. The Sasha Banks-Bailey match, uh, Kevin Owens-Sami Zayn storyline, Finn Balor as the NXT champion, Samoa Joe as the NXT champion, Shinsuke as the NXT champion. I would say Aleister Black as well as NXT champion. Those were some golden era stuff. Some of the best matches we've ever seen. The best feuds in the last decade. Ciampa versus Gargano. Gargano versus Adam Cole. Gargano was on this stretch 
of like the best professional wrestler in the United States at that point for a period of time. And then, it, you know, undisputed error. Like it was, it was amazing. And the pandemic really did derail things. The Wednesday night wars did not help things. And it's been a tough road lately for NXT. It's like, they're kind of in this rebooting phase of, you know, they're trying to find their identity. I feel like, you know, we'll preview and predict NXT takeover 36 here. They're going to be, you know, making some new champions potentially, uh, this Sunday and uh, new directions. We don't know if Adam Cole is coming back in NXT. Is this is a swan song in NXT and, and also WWE all together. Karen Cross looks primed to be headed into raw. Um, I, you know, I hate this stuff where they're like, they haven't created any stars in NXT because I, I'm a wrestling fan who went to Brooklyn to go watch Shinsuke Nakamura versus Samoa Joe in the main event of NXT takeover and watch like four or five other matches. Bobby Roode, his debut, like I, I went for that stuff. Ember, Ember Moon made her debut at that pay-per-view that I went to. And I had the most fun that I've had in some time. And I've been to WWE pay-per-views recently. Money in the Bank, it had its moments, but it was it was not the same energy. And that's what like that's what wrestling fans want, is they want energy. And that's what you're getting right now from AEW. You, you get it from time to time, depending on locations for Raw and SmackDown, but it's not consistent. AEW is consistent. NXT was consistent. It was energy. It was fun. It was creative. It was really good stuff. So if these if this report is true that they're going to go backwards with NXT, it, you know, it's really and I know you know we try to keep it popular you know positive here, Doctor Trey. It's going to be pretty difficult to watch WWE if they if they do that right because one of the things that like helps me get through periods of time where Raw is so bad or when NXT is even so bad or SmackDown so bad is that one of the other brands is usually carrying it. Like Raw's been really bad lately, but NXT is like a, a solid show. SmackDown's been really good. If you put NXT backwards, it, it's I just don't feel like it's going to be like something I want to watch much longer. A, a WWE product, or I will just tune in on on YouTube. And going back to the creating of the stars, like that's WWE's fault. Like you're handed, like this golden silver platter. This is we're bringing you a wrestler, Shinsuke Nakamura. We use an example. He is over with the fans. He is like over as as can be. We're gonna bring him over to Raw, SmackDown, and and you just make him a star. You, you capitalize on 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 the development that we've already done to create a new star. What does WWE do? Botches it completely. Also Black, botched. Andrade, botched. When was the last time someone from NXT, while, you know, upper mid card, fine, was like from this WWE network era? I mean, how often are they like the top stars on the brand? Like Kevin Owens got to run with the Universal title. Finn Balor had to run with the Universal title for a day. But how many times, Dr. Trey, are they these people that are created and beloved by your hardcore fan base in NXT, how often are they correlated into the Raw and SmackDown brands as uh, as big stars? And that's Vince's fault. Yeah, you know, and and there is the mindset of just because you're over in NXT doesn't mean. And, and this is the old school mentality. This is the old indie carny booking. Just because you're over with a small crowd doesn't mean you can get over with a big audience. And to that, I say, if you can get over the small crowd, you can get over the big audience. If given the right platform, if given the right situation, if given the right push, it does work. And there's also the old attitude of, you know, Vince wants everybody rebranded under a WWE guy, you know, a WWE 
character gimmick, whatever it is. And, you know, outside of, I mean, Kevin Owens is not Kevin Steen. Sami Zayn is not El Ridiculoso. Finn Balor is El Generico. You know, you know I'm sorry. Yeah, Sami Zayn is not El Generico. Uh, Allegedly. Finn Balor. Yeah, you know, Finn Balor is not Prince Devitt. You know, like we had to get these guys rebranded, and the guys that they didn't rebrand, a la Samoa Joe's and, you know, the, the Adam Coles and, and Bobby Fishes in Colorado, the guys who got to keep their indie names, those guys don't get pushed up the roster. You know, it's kind of like, no, this is where you're at. This is where you're going to stay because this is how we see you. You're always going to be AAA. It's like in baseball, the guy who's too good for AAA but not good enough for Major League Baseball to get that 4A label. And I think that Vince looks at some of these guys as they're 4A. They're, they're not going to be our top guys. And then you look at a guy like AJ who skipped NXT altogether, uh, you know, and he's had a great run in the company. But meanwhile, you look at a guy like Bobby Roode, who was fantastic at NXT, has arguably the most over-entrance theme in the history of wrestling. And they're like, yeah, we might make him a U.S. champion, but that's about it. It's like, seriously, like, it, it, it boggles my mind that, you know, Triple H and Sean have put guys in position to big, big stars in NXT or in WWE on the on the you know, quote unquote, bigger shows and they don't get that right push and they fall by the wayside or they get looked at as uh, they're just, you know, they're, they're filler, they're filler material. That's it. It does boggle my mind because if you can get it like, you know, look at a guy like Bobby Roode. If you can get over an impact wrestling, then get over an NXT. What would make you think that you couldn't get over on the main roster? Yeah. Especially with that theme, you know, uh-huh. and, and meanwhile, he is, you know, four years later, him in a tag team with Dolph Ziggler, arguably one of the best workers in the company, and they're not even on our SummerSlam card. Like it, 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 it just drives me nuts sometimes on how that main roster of WWE has been put together and booked over the last four years. Yeah, and I think the if you want to make changes to NXT, I think the change that should be made is that you make it uh, like in the in in the eyes of the internal WWE a legit third brand. And when there's people that are kind of meddling and need a little bit of a fresh coat of paint, you bring them over to NXT. We've seen in the past, they're kind of doing it right now with Mandy Rose. They did it recently with Finn Balor. They're doing it in a way with Samoa Joe, even though he was released from WWE. Um, and that's where they find themselves again. They become big stars and they go on their merry way. Maybe they head back to Raw and SmackDown. Like I would not be, I, I would not be against that at all. Um, as a, as a way that they, you know, get some people, uh, refreshed a little bit and some time off the road and they could just stay down in Florida or whatever, like Finn Balor just recently did. It, the whole thing is just frustrating and sell. It, it's, um, you're seeing a weird dynamic and change and shift in wrestling right now. And it feels like, feels like WWE is aware of the change they need to make, but they're not making it for whatever reason. And that's, what's really frustrating. And if they do, in fact, make these major changes that are being reported for NXT, it's, it's going to be very disappointing for fans like Dr. Trey and I, who, who really beloved that brand and, and kind of understand right now that they are who they are. They could use a little bit of a reboot, a little bit of a refresh, and that's what they're going through right now. But to completely change it is not the way to go. And if you want fans like us to be happy when you bring them to Raw or SmackDown, you keep using that lateral momentum. That you've formed on NXT, you've been handed this golden goose. Utilize it now on Raw and SmackDown. Fans are going to be excited. Too often we see guys just not do much of anything, whether it be even most recently Keith Lee. Granted, he's had to deal with some health issues, but towards the end there, before the, his health concerns, 
he wasn't really doing much. And you had him defeat Randy Orton and start fighting Drew McIntyre. It's and then all of a sudden legs are chopped out from underneath him. Um, disappointing stuff. Like the Bronson Reed release was like shocking. I thought he was on that same path as Keith Lee was a year ago as North American champion. I could see him as NXT champion and fans would be behind it. Um, but no, uh, they would rather put him out for the next 30 days and let AEW and Impact Wrestling swallow him up. Just bizarre. Bizarre what they're doing right now. And you're seeing it with AEW currently. Like, look what AEW's doing with 2.0. Everrise, Dr. Trey. I mean, that to me, so much potential and talent in Everrise. They weren't properly used in WWE. And look what they're doing right now on, on AEW. I think that's like the finest example of an NXT talent being successful elsewhere. Well, once again, that's a tag team, and we know WWE is where yep. tag teams go to die. Uh, NXT I mean, used to be that place where tag team wrestling was respected. But I mean, look, every, every tag team I have loved over the last five years, where are they at now? Yeah, NXT, uh, they're yeah. in uh, AEW. Yeah, either they're either AEW or they had to break up or, you know, they're just released. Like, none of them are still floating around WWE. And, and now you, you have probably two of the four members of the NSB era who come Sunday will no longer be in WWE. Who, who else is leaving? Is Kyle O'Reilly's contract over? Bobby Fish already left. Yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Bobby Fish being gone and potentially Adam Cole. Okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah, that was another one, too. It's like, what the hell are we doing? Um, speaking of AEW, Kenny Omega, he held the Impact Wrestling World Championship for at least four months, Dr. Trey. He recently dropped it to Christian Cage, at the uh, debut episode of AW Rampage. Uh, simply, I ask you, did Kenny Omega help Impact Wrestling as being the world champion for the last four months? Yeah, it, may, it might have made people more aware of the brand, but Impact's issue is always going to be distribution, being able to be seen in a larger amounts of markets, um, and then creating their own stars. Right now, I mean, you look at Impact, all their champions are arguably guys from AEW. I mean, the Good Bros are the Impact Tag Champions, which they are Impact guys, but they're seen more on AEW than they are Impact. Christian Cage from AEW. Um, Josh Alexander's your loan, and, and uh, Deanna Barraza, your loan, kind of Impact regulars that aren't seen in other shows that are your champions. Impact's issue is creating their own stars and not relying on everybody else to create them for them. Um, so, I mean... Kenny probably brought more brand awareness, but outside of that, I don't know if he really helped elevate anybody else on the the Impact roster. Yeah, I, I felt like it wasn't uh, an exciting experience. I thought it was in the beginning, and I would say this is one of those uh, faults by AEW and Impact Wrestling in a way that uh, it had its moments that were really good. It, of course, with the stuff with Jay White and Kenny Omega being there at the same time, I thought it was like, okay, this could be really interesting. But then they went with the direction of Christian Cage, and reportedly both Kenny Omega and Don Callis now are done with Impact Wrestling for the time being. Yeah, I don't think it helped. I'll be honest, Dr. Trey. I, I, I still think, and I love Impact. It's like one of those um, niche wrestling shows I really enjoy watching. But I just feel like it's lately they've made their product look less inferior, their own contracted wrestlers, to wrestlers that are on the outside of of. Impact Wrestling, whether it be in AEW or New Japan, even. They, they've made their show look like it's AEW Impact. Yeah. Like, like it's like AEW Dark or AEW... What's the other one? Dark? Elevation? Uh, 
it's Impact's emergence shows throw me throw the, all these different names and stuff off. But it does look like a feeder system for AEW at times right now. I mean, you could have had Moose beat Kenny Omega and made Moose a megastar. You could have had Rich Swan retain and made Rich Swan a bigger star. But yet you go with Christian Cage. And, and you and I love Christian. Maybe one of the most underrated wrestlers of the last you know, 20, 30 years. Um, but to have Christian be the guy to be Kenny for the Impact title after an, an, an eight-year layoff, uh, which there's somebody else we'll talk about later on that has this eight-year layoff. But to have Christian be the guy to defeat Kenny for the Impact Championship is a little head-scratching because what does that do for your company as a whole? You know, like, yeah, Impact's a, or, or Christian's a great guy to have around, but does it really help your product post-working agreement with AEW? So to me, this, this screams that this working agreement's longer than what we thought it was going to be. But it doesn't help elevate the brand by having an AEW guy beat another AEW guy for your title. Dutch Ray, a little bit of a head scratcher too that they put the all-out main event on free television and they have the challenger defeat the champion. Like knowing that the main event for All Out right now is the AEW World Champion for the versus the Impact Wrestling World Champion. Like that to me, that tagline doesn't interest me unless it was like a legit Impact Wrestling talent which Christian Cage yeah. is not. So I, I don't know why. I, I get it. It was the debut episode of Rampage, but I don't know why they, they did what they did. It just seems strange. Yeah, it does. Um, I, all I can think of is that maybe Kenny didn't want to do those shows anymore. I mean, that might be it. But, I mean, really, they're taped in Nashville. How hard is it to get to Nashville? So, I mean, they just, but, did, they just taped three episodes. This Kenny's working that Ric Flair schedule in a way, though, now with AEW, AAA, Impact Wrestling he was doing there. Yeah, but, I mean, it's, it's not... In a very light Ric Flair way. I mean, but it's still... I mean, Nashville is, like, one of the biggest uh, airport hubs in the country. So it's not like it's difficult to get to Nashville. Um, you know, I could get it... And then even when they're in Canada. Kenny lives in Canada! It's not that difficult to get from... You know, Winnipeg, whoever uh, access, you know, Anthem's home base is. So to me, it just kind of like, I, I think this was more, let's do something that will get people talking. Um, maybe build some intrigue because, like, on paper, was anybody really thinking Christian was going to become the AEW champion over no. Kenny? Maybe no. having Christian win this match and creates more intrigue that maybe Christian can take Kenny down or something like that. But I still think at the end of the day, it's just one of those moves they did just to pop a rating, shock value, get people to maybe pay attention to them on Friday nights when they're competing against SmackDown. Yeah, it's uh, all in all weird. All in all weird there by the entire thing. I would say overall to wrap this up here, Dr. Trey, before we get to our next topic, uh, I would not say it was successful. Kenny Omega's Impact Wrestling World Champion. No, I, I think, if anything, if you're going to say who got over the most, I would say Don Callis. Yeah, yeah, he did. He certainly did. So, there you go. New Impact Wrestling World Champion Christian Cage. He won that championship on the very first episode of AEW Rampage. And according to reports, tomorrow night, AEW Rampage, the first dance, United Center in Chicago, Illinois. The belief is that CM Punk makes his return to professional wrestling for the first time in nearly eight years as a member of All Elite Wrestling's roster. Tony Khan came out today 
uh, released a statement that it's going to be a major announcement. There's going to be a major announcement tomorrow night that kind of rocks the wrestling world. Tony is certainly known to do this. The news of CM Punk can certainly resonate in those types of uh, waves as well. Dr. Trey, um, AEW has not officially announced this. Everybody is believing that he is showing up tomorrow night. The Easter eggs and the acknowledgments by AEW is basically tipping off that CM Punk will be showing up tomorrow night. What are the chances that he does, in fact, show up to AEW tomorrow night? Give me a percentage here. To me, right now, you're about 80%. Really? I was going to say, like, 99. (laughs) It's only because, like, Bully Ray put something in my head earlier today, which is, it was like, oh, my God, this would be fantastic. What what was that? So he was like, you know, how great would it be to be watching AEW, but meanwhile, over on SmackDown, SmackDown gets ready to go off the air, and you hear Cult of Personality come on, and CM Punk walks out. (laughs) Like, does, like, yeah, because that would be that would be the ultimate Vince move, and then AEW's left. I mean, because if you think about it, go back to this when AEW started. Like there was the rumors that he was going to sign there, but he didn't like you know the way that AEW pitched everything to him. So that's why he took the deal with Fox and doing WWE backstage. And I was so I was like, yeah, I can see Vince. Like, I mean, if the contract, you know, Vince, if you go back to when Jericho signed with AEW. Vince called Chris Jericho after he signed the deal and was like, you know, you know, do you want to come back to work? And Jericho's like, the contract signed. And he's like, is there any way you can get out of it? <laughs> you know, that type of that's a Vince move. Hey, you know, Vince calling CM Punk up like last minute. Is the contract signed? Is there a way you can get out of it? This is what I could offer you. You know, it would be a Vince move to try and pull that off. But yeah, I don't think that's it, happening, though. I mean, I, I'm, I'm. I guess I can go ninety percent. I, I to me, like it's WWE. It's Vince McMahon. If he really wants something, it's hard for people to say no to Vince. Um, I, I think but, CM Punk will though, and has. Yeah, but he didn't the first time. You know, when AEW threw a bunch of money at him the first time, he did go do the WWE backstage deal. So it, that, that's that's why I guess there's that ten percent for me. I guess but, it would be like the biggest disappointment in history. Like AEW would lose a ton of credibility if by uh, tomorrow night, like at eleven oh one Eastern time, after Rampage goes off the air, if Punk doesn't show up. Yeah, like I mean, I, and I totally agree. But then again, you look at like okay, so why did Cena refer- you basically reference Punk in his promo without referencing Punk in his promo? You know, I know, I know. Cena gets carte blanche to do basically whatever promo he wants, but there's got to be a red flag about that, and that's why. Uh, well, he also referenced John Moxley. Yeah, I know, but and that's that that alone to me was weird. But he didn't say John Moxley; he said Dean Ambrose. But then the whole well, I mean, they can't say John Moxley. It's true, but I don't know. I, to me, like I never put anything past Vince. You know, I mean, hell, he got the warrior to come back. He got Bruno. I mean, well, Triple H did it, but, you know, they've mended fences and mended bridges with money and good working relationships out of it. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if you look at it from paper, it's in Chicago. Yeah. You know, Darby's been from was about best in the world. Omega wearing the chick magnet shirt, which I didn't really know that was a CM Punk reference until yeah. somebody had explained it to me. <laughs> uh, I thought it was a Miz reference for some reason. But, you know, like, I was like, I'm just going... It's it's everything you want it to be to get arguably AEW's WrestleMania moment. Like one of those defining moments that stand out is Punk 
coming back to pro wrestling in Chicago, in the ring, with a live microphone. It's everything you want it to be for somebody's return. Yeah, this is going to be uh, an interesting night tomorrow night, Dr. Trey. Is, is this, does this move put wrestling on its ear tomorrow night? Like, what do you think the reaction is? Like, a week from now, you and I are going to recap and review SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver 36. That's a given. I would say that a given is that we're talking about CM Punk's AEW debut. What do you think, what do you think the vibe is from you and I? Excitement? Disappointment? Uh, optimism? Where are we on this? Or are we just shocked that he doesn't show up? To me, it's a, it's a little bit. I, I think on one hand, like we're gonna be excited he's back. I mean, you and I are, are big punk fans. That's why we banned, you know, CM Punk coming back to wrestling because we were getting disappointed so many times when we thought it was gonna happen before. Um, I think we'll be excited. I think there may be an era like an like a, an aura of a little bit of disappointment because, you know, I, I don't know what we're expecting. So there's like a level of excitement, but. Is it is whatever happens tomorrow night going to batch what we're picturing in our heads is going to happen and, and make it, it? It's like when we get a super hyped up match heading into a pay per view and then you and I sit down a week later and you're like, yeah, the match was really good, but <laughs> it was everything we dreamed it would be. That's kind of how I'm feeling about you know Punk coming to All Elite. Is yeah, it's going to be good. It, it's probably going to be great, but is it? I mean, is it going to be pipe bomb number two? Like, are we going to get that level where, like, whatever he does and whatever he says turns wrestling on its ear and it basically changes the business? Because the pipe bomb changed the business. It's, it's what we're expecting tomorrow night going to change wrestling as a whole going mm. forward out from someone we haven't seen in seven and a half, almost eight years. Like, I don't know if we can match that, but I still think it'll be great. It'll be fantastic. It'll be fun but I don't know if it's going to change the landscape of wrestling yet. Yeah, I don't expect what he says to change the landscape. However, I think his presence back in wrestling is big because he did speak to a lot of people, like a lot of fans related to him. And they're also potentially coming up, you know, now that this is going to pass, the Daniel Bryan rumors are going to be starting up as well. It's um, it's interesting because... I thought Punk's comments, I mean, he really shit on AEW a couple years ago about the way that, as you pointed out, Dr. Trey, they, they reached out to him, and I was like, there's no way this guy ever joins AEW after this. Like, if I was AEW, I wouldn't want him to be. And he is like, I, I don't know, he, he can be very, you know, off-putting at times. Like, I just felt like AEW didn't want to go down that direction after he, he he kind of embarrassed them a little bit in the very early stages of their development. And like Jericho's talking about how he doesn't answer any texts. Um, obviously all of the stuff with Colt Cabana, Cody Rhodes, Texas, him, and he's like, Hey, what do you think about, you know, ch- catching up soon? And punk says, you know, if that was the offer, um, that was a really weak offer. Then you hear punk say that he spoke to Tony Khan in Chicago a couple years ago when he was beginning AEW and didn't really believe him. So, you know, I don't know. I'm a big punk fan. I'm happy he's returning to wrestling, potentially. But um, I'm definitely cautiously optimistic right now, is what I would say, Dr. Dre. I think that's the best way I could put this, is being cautiously optimistic but excited. Uh, To me, I'm hoping this reinvigorates his love of pro wrestling more than anything else. Like, when he left WWE after Rumble... 
you know, he's talking about it. Like, he hated pro wrestling. And I don't know if he – and this is a guy that loved pro wrestling. I mean, it, it was like a horrible breakup where you see a guy who totally loves this girl – loves this woman more than anything, goes out of his way, does everything he has to do to make her happy, and then she shits all over him, and, he, and there's a nasty breakup, and he's just like, burns every picture, <laughs> burns yeah. everything they've that type of thing, and now you're just hoping that AEW is that new woman that comes into his life that just makes him back the way he was before, and and that's what I'm really hoping for, because, you know, a guy like Punk making him hate wrestling makes me question pro wrestling as a whole in the environment we put these guys in because, like, I've been there. Like, I've been the guy that loves it and goes to every single indie show he can get his hands on. And then I've also been the guy who's been burnt out and literally just took the last two months off from pro wrestling because I was burnt out on a lot of the drama and BS that goes on behind the scenes. And that's on a small scale. We couldn't imagine what it's like on a huge scale like WWE and AEW. So, I was really hoping that this kind of reinvigorates him and we get that punk that, you know, you and I fell in love with even prior to his WWE career. Like the punk that we saw on the independence and in the early days of TNA as part of Raven's flock and then ring of honor punk and, you know, becoming the best in the world. You know, that's the guy I hope we get back from, you know, this reinvigoration, hopefully from tomorrow night. The expectation next week's episode, SummerSlam, NXT TakeOver 36 recap and review and the return of CM Punk. I thought this day was never going to happen uh, as well as long as we were doing this podcast, but uh, it is happening according to reports. That is the belief tomorrow. Uh, Dr. Trey, let's get into our preview and predictions for WWE SummerSlam taking place this Saturday from Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, the first match here for the Raw Tag Team Championship, AJ Styles and Omos taking on RK Bro. I'm going to go with RK Bro. What say you? I'm going with RK Bro, uh, and a lot of it's because of a teaser from Raw where almost cut off AJ during their backstage segment. I don't know a lot, like not a lot of people were talking about that, but I'm like, ah, maybe they're teasing a little bit of tension with almost and AJ as well. But RK Bro is the most entertaining thing going on in WWE outside maybe Roman Reigns, but RK Bro is so entertaining. Uh, they'll get around the tag belt. It's it's the new Kane Daniel Bryan. Next match here is Alexa Bliss taking on Eva Marie. You go first, Dr. Trey. What say you? Uh, Alexa Bliss, with the help of Lily, uh, gets the win over Eva Marie. I just I, I don't know where this whole Eva evolution thing is going. I mean, listen, she's beautiful to look at. She's still not great in the ring. Alexa Bliss will you should outclass her in every in every facet of this match. Uh, next match. Oh, I'm going to go with Alexa Bliss as well. I'm with you here. Uh, Alexa Bliss should get the victory, but I almost wanted to take Eva Marie by some sort of weird BS. Uh, next match here is Drew McIntyre taking on Jinder Mahal, the former members of 3MB going at it. 3MB members collide. Uh, I'm going to go with the former WWE champion, Drew McIntyre, to get the victory. Well, I like how you put the caveat that the former WWE champion, Drew McIntyre. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. I'm thinking, I don't. I don't know if I like Beer and Shanky yet, by the way. I like Gender. I just don't know if I like his comrades in arms there. But uh, I'm taking Drew to get the win here. You miss the uh, Bollywood boys? I do. They were bump machines. I mean, I go back uh. to his magic picture and Randy and Randy tossing Samir and Samir oh, yeah. like all over the place. I kind of miss that. Those guys were just great bump machines. And 
perfect foils. I mean, they were the uh, uh, Eminence or Joey uh, Joey Mercury and uh, Jamie Noble for Seth Rollins back in the day. That was yeah. their bump. So I don't know if Veer and Shanky can bump like the Bollywood boys. Uh, Shanky did take some nasty chair shots a couple weeks back from Drew McIntyre. Uh, next match here for the WWE United States Championship, Sheamus defends against Damian Priest. Dr. Trey, what say you? Uh, I'm going Damian Priest here. I feel like he, he's on that he, – he, this is going to be that make-or-break match. We get these little runs with guys where you're like, I think this is a guy Vince would really like. Uh, they seem to be pushing him, but kind of not. Sheamus is just the wily veteran you can put anywhere on the card, and he'll do his job. Uh, to me, this feels like the start of a Damian Priest push, so I'll take Damian Priest getting the win. Next match here is Edge taking on Seth Rollins. Oh, excuse me. I, I keep forgetting because usually I go first. I have Damian Priest as well, Dr. Trey, to become the United States champion. Uh, next match here, Edge taking on Seth Rollins. I'll go first. I'm going to go with Seth Rollins defeating Edge. Yeah, I was, I was, I've gone back and forth in this match because, like, you know, the, the, the Edge fan wants to you know, see Edge win. But, you know, we've got a lot of baby faces winning so far that, we, that we've gone here. So I, I think Seth steals one. Uh, may not be a clean win, but I do kind of think Seth comes out on top here. So I'll take Seth Rollins as well. For the SmackDown Women's Championship, Bianca Belair defends against Sasha Banks. Dr. Trey, who do you have uh, winning this one? Another uh, one I've gone back and forth on. So we're coming up on, let's see what, uh, three, and we're a month. This, we're almost six months now with, with uh, Bianca on top. I, I think I'll take Sasha. I'll take Sasha to get the win here. Uh, I thought we were going to be split on this one. I'm going to take Sasha Banks as well to become the new SmackDown Women's Champion. Uh, for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship, the Usos defending against Ray and Dominic Mysterio. I'm going to go with the Usos because they've been uh, teasing tension between Ray and Dominic lately. Yeah, I still think the the WrestleMania match is going to be Ray versus Dominic. So you got to keep that tension going heading in towards you know we're, we're coming up. We are far from the road to WrestleMania, folks. It's really not that far away. Uh, so I'm going to take the Usos as well, uh, getting the win. Uh, next match here is for the WWE Championship. Tough one to call, Doctor Trey. Bobby Lashley defends against against Goldberg. Oh, this one. Not, see, uh, it's weird. It's a tricky match because we know Vince has his weird love affair with Goldberg for some reason. Oh yeah. Uh, so I could see Vince pulling the trigger and and doing this. And this is not just, this is in this match and also the the, the Roman Reigns match. I could see Vince going with the part timer just for shock value. I just can't see it here. I'm taking Lashley to retain over over Goldberg. Wow, this is where we split. I'm going to take Bill Goldberg, Dr. Trey. I feel like we're going to get a Goldberg title run, and I'm going to be very disappointed. Uh, if we get Goldberg and Shane McMahon out of this in a match, <sighs> I, I, I... Jesus, Dr. Trey. I'm t- I think I just had a heart attack on the air. Well, you know, hey. What are you trying to see- do to me? I see the Goldberg kicks against the Shane punches at some point in this lifetime. Oh, my God. We gotta wrap this show up. Uh, next match here for the Raw Women's Championship: Nikki Ash defends against Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. I've said this before with the Triple Threat match. I feel like sometimes they protect a wrestler, and in this case, it's Nikki Ash. So I'm gonna take Nikki Ash. We retaining the Raw Women's Championship. See, we are gonna split here because I'm gonna take Rhea getting the belt back by pinning Nikki. That way, keeps Charlotte safe. Uh, so I'm gonna take Rhea getting the win. I mean, I think the Nikki character is one of those ones that. You put the belt on her; it gives her credibility going forward for the next, you know, next year, two years. You know, former Raw Women's Champion Nikki Ash. Uh, but I think Rhea is the one you build the division around. So I'll take Rhea. 
All right, and then finally here, the uh, WWE Universal Championship match. We have Roman Reigns defending against John Cena. Dr. Trey, who do you like to win this one? Uh, see, am I allowed to talk about Cena turning heel? Is that <laughs> not worth it? Hey, we've talked about Punk. Why the hell not? <laughs> Cena turns heel, joins Heyman and the Usos as they all turn on, as they all turn on Roman. Uh, this one's been really tricky, and it became tricky because of Ric Flair asking for his release. I, my thought was always, as long as Flair's on the roster and tight with Triple H, Cena will never pass Ric Flair. Ric Flair's no longer part of WWE, so this makes it much harder. I just can't pick against Roman. I, I, Roman's on that Brock Lesnar-type run where you just assume Brock's going to just beat everybody. I'm going to take Roman, but I would not be shocked if Cena wins the match, but I'll pick Roman on paper. Uh, yeah, this is... Um... This is a tough one, but I do agree with you. I think Roman Reigns retains the WWE Universal Championship and defeats John Cena on Sunday. I, I don't. There's nothing out there that's saying that like Cena's sticking around. So that's the, my main reason why, Doctor Trey, that I'm going with Reigns. Yeah, not to mention like Cena beating Roman. Does that do anything for Cena? No. Like already on. I mean, in all honesty, you and I are going to sit here. Well, maybe not here on this show, but in ten years when you and I are still friends talking about Mount Rushmore's and Cena's going to arguably be on the top five list of greatest pro wrestlers of all time. Yeah, I, no, I, I'm with you. I think the only thing would be, you know, is this the time that you execute John Cena defeating Ray, uh, Ric Flair's record? Yeah. And, and like I said, that's why it gave me pause because Flair's no longer on the roster and Charlotte was trying to go see, her boyfriend during a, a, a you know get on the Triple A show, not just go see him for that Triple A show, but actually make an appearance on the Triple A show. So I'm like, eh, maybe the Flares aren't on the best terms with WWE as a as a whole. Maybe they pull that trigger, but you know maybe we save it for Cena Goldberg. Uh, if if your Goldberg prediction comes true and Cena challenges Goldberg at WrestleMania. <laughs> oh my God! What are you trying to do to me tonight? Oh my! Monday we make it a triple threat match with Shane McMahon. I mean, we have not seen Cena versus Goldberg. No, that's uh, there. There is a forty-five man out there somewhere that Cena Goldberg is a dream match he wants to see. Uh, moving forward, NXT Takeover thirty-six preview predictions, and for the NXT United Kingdom Championship, Walter defending against Elia Dragunov. Uh, I'm going to go with Walter here, Doctor Trey. Uh, we're going to differentiate on this one. I, I think this is Dragunov getting the win so Walter can come to the, the main roster because Vince wants big guys. Um, so I'll take Dragunov. But, by the way, Malcolm Bivens there, they referred to Ilya Dragunov as a heavyweight. Ilya Dragunov is smaller than Roderick Strong, so I don't know how he's a heavyweight. He's you know, I wanted, to, I, I wanted to pick Ilya as well. And I see your point. I was going to use the same reasoning, but the word is is that Walter doesn't want to come to the states, and I feel like that's, I mean, that's if that's how he feels, fine. But, um, I I feel like I, I would I would take Ely as well, but that's the reason why I'm I'm not. Plus, he's also at like what two and a half years with this title. Yeah, Seven yeah, years. yeah. It's it's almost been three years, two and a half years for sure. Yeah. Just feel like I mean, if you're if you're tw- tinkering with NXT, you're a tinker with NXT UK as well at some point. So, and Vince can make enough money to make somebody want to come to the states for a while. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we'll see. Uh, next match here is for the million dollar championship. If Vin- uh, Cameron Grimes loses, 
Ted DiBiase must become Knight's butler. LA Knight defends against Cameron Grimes. Dr. Trey, what say you? Cameron Grimes to the moon, baby. Cameron Grimes is going to win because I just can't see Ted DiBiase being LA Knight's butler. Yeah, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Cameron Grimes as well. Uh, it's you know I'm I feel like they missed a little bit with those vignettes. I love those vignettes with those guys out golfing, and I thought it was going to be one of those weird tag team pairings. Um, but they're going in a different direction. I feel like they should have gone the direction of those guys working together because they had some really good chemistry in those vignettes. Yeah, I just don't know this whole million dollar title. I just don't know what the end game is because if Grimes win, like I mean, a, a, a babyface million dollar champion doesn't really resonate with me unless they do like the the, the rich, you know, like like they've been doing with Cameron. Like this just gives him more fodder for the white trash millionaire type gimmick. Um, I just I don't see the upside with the million dollar title. I never have unless it's with a heel. It just it gets them over more. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one as well. It doesn't really work for baby faces. Uh, next match here is for the NXT Women's Championship. Raquel Gonzalez taking on Dakota Kai. I, I originally went with Raquel, but I'm going to go with Dakota Kai because she made a point that she doesn't have anybody watching her back. Raquel Gonzalez did to Dakota Kai during NXT television this past Tuesday, which I felt like was foreshadowing that. Dakota Kai will have some sort of interference and new heavy to take out Raquel Gonzalez. So I'm going to go with Dakota Kai to become the new NXT Women's Champion. I was taking Dakota as well, also because of the tweaks to NXT. And if you already got Rhea on one brand, why wouldn't you put Raquel on the other? Uh, So, you know, I'm taking Dakota because I think Raquel will get called up to the main roster somewhere. Next match here is for the NXT Championship. Karrion Cross defends against Samoa Joe. Dr. Trey, what say you? Uh, same as earlier. You bring Joe back to NXT. Uh, apparently you don't want him on Raw or SmackDown. Carrying Cross is carried around the NXT title on Raw and, and beating up Raw guys. So I'll take Samoa Joe getting the win so Carrying can be full time on Raw. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Doctor Trey. I'm going to take Samoa Joe as well. I feel like this is a pretty easy one to call. And then finally, this is a tough one: Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole, the undisputed finale, two out of three falls match. Fall one is a traditional wrestling match. Fall two is a street fight. Fall three ends in a steel cage. Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole. Um, is this Adam Cole, Swan Song, and NXT? Is this his Swan Song in WWE? Or is he going to be sticking around in WWE, I guess? Dr. Trey, how do you feel this goes? Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole. Uh, this one's tricky because I just don't see Vince wanting to let Adam Cole leave. I, I This is... he Vince... Adam Cole is the exception to everything we talked about earlier when it comes to Vince not wanting guys in their 30s or smaller midget guys. Adam Cole's what could be his next Shawn Michaels. Adam Cole's what could be his next AJ Styles. Phenomenal wrestler, great promo. Just He's everything you kind of want if you're going to have a small guy on, their sh- on the roster. I just don't know if the lore of getting to go to AEW and working with your you know, borderline fiancé uh, – is that to pull Adam Cole away? So I still gonna, I think I'm going to take Kyle O'Reilly just because I still think Britt Baker working with your with your significant other is going to beat out Vince. So I'll take Kyle O'Reilly to get the win over Adam Cole. I'm going to take Kyle O'Reilly as well. I do feel like Adam Cole is staying with WWE. I don't think he's jumping to AEW right now. Maybe I'm I'm wrong. We'll get some probably some more news on that. Um, so there you go. Those are our preview predictions for both WWE SummerSlam on Saturday, NXT TakeOver 36. Uh, the current pay-per-view prediction records, Dr. Trey is leading this by one game, 63-27 and 27 record. I have a 62-28 and 28 record. 
Um, and of course, we'll have a lot to talk about next week as we recap and review WWE SummerSlam, NXT TakeOver 36, the impending uh, debut of CM Punk and AEW, and who knows what's happening with Adam Cole. So it could be a very busy episode of next week's edition of SRTU. So join us on uh, the 26th for all that great stuff. F episode number 602. With that said, let's get a couple plugs and sponsors out of the way. You can download the show every Thursday at thebowershow.com, WrestleChatNet on Twitter, and the Still Real Talk Show iTunes feed. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help us climb the charts on iTunes. You can follow us individually on Twitter for myself at SRTU Jeff and for Dr. Trey Franklin at the Dr. Trey. And of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what is going on in the wonderful world of Dr. Trey Franklin this week? Well, you, like Justin, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dr. Trey. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Dr. Trey Franklin. Uh, when you're on Facebook, check out Rocket City Championship Wrestling. Big show coming up this Saturday. Uh, also be on the lookout as yours truly uh, made his return to wrestling this past Sunday. Green uh, color commentary for Mayhem Wrestling out of Tennessee. Uh, so they, they get those uh, episodes up. I'm gonna post them on our SRTU page as well. Uh, so getting out there, I got I got to go back to Tennessee and be a jerk, Jeff. It was fantastic. That's going back in time. That's Dr. Trey's roots right there. Do a little heel work. So there you go. Support all the great things that support our great show. Uh, and enjoy this weekend. Friday, Saturday, Sunday are going to be some pretty wild times of professional wrestling. And we'll capture it all here on next week's edition of SRTU. So for Dr. Trey Franklin, I'm Jeff Pack. Enjoy the weekend. This is the Still Real Toast Show. No face, no case. <laughs>